0: Elimination of contaminants in the environment around us has always been critical in modern humanity, even more so in the midst of a pandemic. Harsh chemicals can provide some of that protection, but aren't always practical to apply, cost-effective, or necessarily safe. Could ultraviolet technology advances in solid-state lighting allow electrical engineers to forge a better path for our health? as we're continuing to look for new ways to keep the environment around us and our loved ones safe and healthy and germ-free we're looking at new technologies and new ways that we can use lighting to eliminate the germs in the atmosphere around us there have been some great advances in uvc lighting technology ultraviolet c that have allowed us to use solid state leds in this area to keep things like the surfaces in our kids classrooms Uh, the air that we breathe through our HVAC systems, uh, and even the water that we drink in some ways, free of many of these germs that we're trying all to stay away from to keep from getting sick. Today, I have the privilege of speaking to Patrick Durand. He's the Worldwide Technical Director for Future Lighting Solutions, and quite frankly, one of the leading experts in LED technology uh, around. Patrick, I've known you for a long time. Great to talk to you today. Really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So so let's talk a little bit about this UVC LED lighting and, and where it's going. You know, we've seen UVC technology around uh, for a while, but is it something that's just taken off lately with COVID, with the pandemic, or is it something
1: that you've seen in the industry for a while? Well, we've been investing in UV LED technology for over five years. So, uh, you know, we we're investing in tools, we're investing, in, um, in the technology itself. How do we define a system? How do we work with customers? Uh, what the pandemic did is just accelerated things, uh, created this initial excitement from uh, the engineering community in terms of how they can leverage this technology. But you know what I can really say is that it resembles what the general lighting industry went through two decades ago. Uh, whereas the first step in terms of what we were trying to do pre-pandemic, is just educate uh, people because, you know, the incumbent technology for UV, uh, for UV has been lamps. So low, pre- uh, low pressure mercury lamps, they've been there for a very long time. What's new is the solid state lighting portion of it. And what we needed to do is start that education process. So how do you compare LEDs to lamps? What are the advantages of LEDs over lamps? Where does LED technology still need to make some advancements in order to uh, be the dominant light source uh, in this space? But truly what the pandemic did is that it, uh, it changed the focus from trying to convince uh, the engineering community that they needed to be educated to where the engineering community wanted to be educated right. in order to develop new ideas, new applications, and really solve solutions that, uh, you know, in reality affects humanity. And that's where there was a lot of passion, a lot of excitement in terms of actually having an impact.
0: Absolutely, and and I think we're certainly seeing that that interest just has continued to grow enormously over the the, the last two years, and I think we'd be wise to continue to invest in that, and invest in that understanding and that knowledge from the electrical engineering standpoint, and and continue to work with uh, designers on on how they can implement this technology and the things that they're doing. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about the efficacy of this? I mean, certainly, you know, UVC's been around for a while, and and, and like you said, different forms, um, but how how exactly does that work as a germicidal uh, technology how, how is it killing the germs what's the actual process and scientific process that's going on
1: there yeah so um, you know the, the the key issue with with LEDs and where there needs to be the uh, the most work um, is to increase the efficiency of the LED itself um, in terms of converting the electrical energy energy into light um, because when you work on a project um, it's essentially, uh, what you need to answer is, you know, what pathogens that you're targeting, how much time do you have to inactivate it, and to what uh, purification level, uh, meaning is it 99%, is it 90%, is it 99.99%? And all of that will have the impact on how many LEDs you need. Because the, the key thing in terms of the, uh, the lamp technology, you have more light than you know what to do with. It's 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 because uh, you actually uh, you know uh, for the SARS-CoV-2 virus you actually don't need that much UV light in order to inactivate it because what okay. the UV light is doing to the pathogen um, is that it's penetrating the wall of the DNA to the point that uh, it disrupts it uh, where the pathogen can no longer reproduce and the amount of dosage or the amount of uh, of uh, light density with time. Um, you actually don't need all that much. However, the difference between the LED technology and the lamp technology is that the LED technology is much more expensive. But, what you do have is a lot more flexibility because you can change the shape, you can have instant on, you can uh, can do, you have a lot more flexibility to make use of those photons, but those photons are more expensive. So, it's very important to not over-design with UV LEDs, which is why it's very important to define um, the application requirements very precisely, because you do not want to over-design because it, you'll, uh, it'll be uh, too expensive.
0: Yeah, you don't want that inefficiency and cost inefficiencies in your system for sure. Uh, so what, what's kind of enabled this? Because it has been lamps for so long. Now we're talking about solid state LEDs and, and right now maybe the cost is a little bit high, but as we saw with LED technology 10, 15 years ago, it, that came down significantly. I, I assume that will probably happen here with UVC. What's really been the advance that, that has allowed us to get to a point where we can start replacing those lamps with UVC today?
1: Right, there, there's really two, two elements. Uh, number one is the efficiency uh, uh, of, the, uh, uh, of the UVC LEDs uh, themselves. You know, right now on average, you can think that, the, you know, it's about 20% improvement in UVC LED efficiency per year for, uh, on average across many vendors. And when you compare that with the general lighting LED, right now we're in the 2% range of improvement per year. So it's basically an order of magnitude greater. And so right now I'd say the average efficiency of a UVC LED is in the 2% range, so it's not a lot. However, this year in 2022, we're gonna see the first UVC LED that will be 7% efficient. Oh, nice. And not only that, uh, we've seen roadmaps for some of our LED vendors that actually are showing double-digit efficiency over the next couple of years. So we're going to see a tremendous amount of improvement um, uh, uh, over uh, uh, on the UVC LED side. And that makes a huge difference. It opens up new opportunities, new possibilities that are, are not, uh, were not available today because you know, the lamp is, is, is pretty efficient. Now, the lamp has weaknesses uh, in terms of that ramp-up time. Um, you know, turning the lamp on and off uh, significantly impacts the lifetime. So there's a lot of drawbacks with the lamp. Obviously, there's the mercury uh, aspect of it as well. Right. And right. and um, and you know, if the LED can be more efficient, then it's just going to open open up the door. The second element is lifetime. So with uh, uh, with uh, UVC rays, it really impacts the the, the lifetime of the package uh, around them and. and there 's been a lot of effort to improve the uh, the lifetime of it to to the point right now with the UVC LED um, you know it's it's typical that you can have uh, uh, 10,000 uh, hours of lifetime so that's that's normal uh, and on the high end um, you can have uh, you know multiple tens of thousands of hours of lifetime with with some UVC LEDs which is significantly better than than most UV, uh, UVC lamps so there's already an advantage from that standpoint and so then that again it, it's about uh, uh, having a technology that meets the needs because UV LEDs you can target so many applications and, and, and it's uh, what's going to be important is choosing the applications that are ready today and then uh, and then planning in terms of. Uh, uh, with the efficiency gains and other technology gains, what applications are going to be ready so that you can hit the ground running, start planning for it? So by the time that you're finished the design and you've gone through the whole process, the LED technology is there so that you can uh, you can uh, uh, leverage that opportunity with uh, uh, with perfect timing.
0: Yeah. And so, what are some of those applications that you're seeing? I mean, I mentioned a few in the the opening, but you know, where are you seeing that today? moving to a solid state, UVC LED is the way to go. Um, It is where, you know, engineers should be looking to take their design in that direction.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of applications that are ready today and that we've seen uh, uh, many companies launch products with uh, UVC LED. So as an example, HVAC, uh, that's huge. Um, So, and, and HVAC can mean a lot of things, right? So there's the air purification but there's also the air deodorization um, as well where you can actually leverage UV technologies to actually um, um, convert VOCs, uh, uh, carbon-based pollutants, uh, odors into essentially uh, uh, water and CO2 um, so that you are essentially at the molecular level deodorizing the air. So in terms of some uh, air purifying uh, uh, units, they're using a combination of UV-C LEDs to uh, uh, purify the HEPA filter and the, to actually purify the uh, the air uh, and right. deodorize uh, as well to create uh, very effective systems. Um, you could do uh, uh, room level um, air purific- uh, purification because we got to also remember, you know, the SARS-CoV-2 uh, uh, virus um, it's airborne, right? So right. Uh, yeah. so it's not just at the surface; it's airborne, and and a lot of pathogens are airborne pathogens, and right. so. There's a lot of uh, uh, HVAC, you know, room level HVAC products where essentially you're sucking the air into this contraption in the ceiling and then UVC light is actually purifying so that uh, uh, it's actually practical for the people that are in the room. So if that there's if there's airborne pathogens in the room, you can actually directly purify the air. In, in, In an extension of that is upper room air purification where the UVC light is actually uh, uh, uh being directed in the upper room so in the ceiling area so it's safe for people because the UV lights are actually not hitting anybody right. and so the, and you're purifying the air and again you're directly affecting the people that are in the room in a good way meaning that you're purifying the air you know in terms of uh, centralized hVAC systems in terms of um, of uh, uh, cooling coils so when you you know in the summertime if you smell that musty humid smell in the air conditioner well, that's mold and bacteria growing on the cooling coils. Uh, you can just leverage UVC lights on those and it's inside the system, so it's completely safe to actually uh, uh, purify the cooling coils. Um, now, other than HVAC, of course, surface purification is huge. Um, right. So, in, in this case, uh, this is where, uh, you know, in a room, where you're actually shining the UV light uh, downwards, this is where it's important to have sensors so that Uh, uh, This only happens when when the room or the classroom, because we're seeing uh, a lot of school boards incorporating UVC lights uh, as part of the program. So it's important to have timers, to have sensors, so that it can be safe um, uh, uh, in in those sorts of of, uh, environments. We're starting uh, now, because of the efficiency gains in the LEDs, we're starting to see uh, uh, UVC robots. Uh, for host- in a hospital setting, where traditionally it's been only with UV lamps, but now the UVC LEDs have gained enough efficiency that that's making it interesting. Water, uh, this is huge. This is you know the the, the whole you know there's a l- much more potential in water purification than anything else. So right now, um, uh, obviously stationary water is uh, what you what you can do in terms of dis or dispensing water uh, for any water dispenser. You can, you have lots of water tumblers right now that were to have a UVC LEDs on that in terms of smart water tumblers. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Now, now you know, what, uh, what you can also do in terms of running water, in terms of uh, basically watering your faucet, the UVC LEDs of today can handle maybe two to five uh, liters per minute. So we're not yet ready uh, for municipal water treatment, but in terms of point of use, Uh, It's there and and the the technology is perfect because it's the small size, it's the reliability, it's the robustness. We're also starting to see uh, UV LEDs using transportation, so on buses uh, uh, for air uh, as well. We're starting to see them in in cars as well for the the air deodorization and and air purification. So we're starting to see them uh, uh, pretty much everywhere, And, and the key thing is, is deciding where's the greatest fit for the technology of to date or where it's going to be a, a, a year or two from now so that you can plan for that and this is where we come in in, in terms of, of providing that in, uh, information in order to create uh, designs that leverages the most out of the technology. Yeah, no
0: question. Our FLS team is best in class. I think you guys have been leading the way for 20 years uh, in a lot of ways in all LED technology. And and I I have no doubt you guys continue to lead in, in this technology as well. So I guess that kind of brings up the next question of, you know, as an electrical engineer, if I'm starting a new design with UVC, I know when I used to do a lot of the high brightness LEDs in that kind of design, it was, was spending a lot of time on the thermal uh, aspect and making sure that my LEDs were not overheating and getting a, a metal clad PCB and the optics had to be just right, and making sure I had no hot spots in my design, things along those lines. There were a lot of gotchas uh, that I didn't expect when I first started LED designs. Uh, what are some of the things that engineers need to be considering when they're starting a new UVC design that you would recommend?
1: Okay, so you, you mentioned thermals for, uh, uh, in general. So in general, uh, in the general line, yes, thermals are very important, but for on the UV side, it's even more critically so because uh, generally the uh, uh, general lighting LEDs or so the white LED is, is very robust when it comes to temperature uv LEDs, definitely not as much, because lifetime has been the the critical concern and heat has a major impact on that. So thermal management will be absolutely key because you're going to need to keep that junction temperature much lower than you would for a traditional LED. Uh, The other element, uh, uh, which is not discussed a lot on the UV-LED side, but it's absolutely critical, is that the VF range, the forward voltage range of the LED, is much wider than that of a traditional LED. So when we're used to, particularly on the on the mid power side of things, we're used to doing series parallel arrays of uh, of general lighting uh, uh, LEDs with no problems. Well, on the UVC side, that's very dangerous because uh, you can have ranges of multiple volts from LED to LED, uh, uh, and so therefore uh, you're going uh, to need uh, to as much as possible use uh, uh, from a driver standpoint use multi-channel drivers or have long series strings or have uh extra uh current balancing circuitry in order in order to manage all of that um optics uh uh you know uh once you go below 365 uh, uh nanometers the the same materials won't work anymore for for optics so uh, generally speaking now uh, uh, some silicone materials are 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 compatible with uvc uh, quartz glass but that gets to be very expensive but on an optics side it's also uh, uh, very different now. The principles are the same in terms of, you know, you can focus the beam to where you want, but the materials and how you, you uh, and the the optics that are available are completely different. So that that uh, that needs to be taken under consideration. Absolutely, and, and, and it's so from a, a design yeah, standpoint, we've built all the design tools uh, in order to uh, to facilitate and accelerate this because you know the fundamental question that we need to answer is. How many LEDs do you need in order to reach that design target? And uh, when we first started talking to customers, no one knew how to answer that question. And we invested a lot of time and a lot of resource in order to develop these engineering tools so that you can answer those questions in minutes. Whereas customers would traditionally take weeks and weeks and weeks just to get an idea, but not with the, the, the confidence that is required. So they're always second guessing themselves. And we have those those engineering simulation tools that will get straight to the point and get the customer to uh, to build that initial prototype.
0: Love it. Love it. And uh, that, that's invaluable, definitely. What about, you know, if you're trying to make the decision because, you know, again, kind of going back to my old illumination LED design uh, time, there was a, a decision and kind of an inflection point on, do I buy an off the shelf you know, pre-built LED array, or do I go with my own chip-down LEDs?
1: Is there kind of that
0: inflection point with UVC as well?
1: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of customers uh, choosing to go with the level two boards, so standard boards. Right. Um, but it depends on the application, right? So, so uh, uh, we pride ourselves in terms of providing our customers uh, 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 options. So uh what we've done is that we've defined uh, various standard uh, standard boards of different shapes and sizes to uh, you know at at, at at first rate is is that it allows customers to evaluate the technology without having to wait a month or two to get a, a you know to, to to play around with the technology so we accelerate it that way but also these uh, uh these boards have also uh been uh, uh, developed to match standard off-the-shelf optics as well as an optics arrays so if the customer right. wants to accelerate things and those standard boards meet the, uh, meet the requirements, we can go down that path. Uh, furthermore, uh, uh, with our suppliers and our partners, we can also develop custom boards as well. Um, and we've yeah. done a lot of those as well. And if, the, if the customer simply wants to purchase LEDs, that's also an option. So it, it really depends on the capabilities. The, time, the, the, the timing that the customer has, and, and, and essentially what the, what their objectives are, um, and then we can help to facilitate that and, and be flexible, which which is very similar to what we're doing on the general lighting side. Uh, but what I, I, um, mm-hmm. what I do have to say as a major difference is that, unlike the general lighting side, for many of these customers, this is the first time that they've worked with solid-state lighting technology. So they've never had to develop a board before or work with an LED board before. And so there's, there's that education process that we're going again through, through uh, with the customers and they're very appreciative because uh, they can leverage the, the multi-decade experience that we have in solid state lighting.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And there's a lot of gotchas when you don't have that experience uh, exactly. for sure. So that's, that's a tremendous value there. And then I guess, you know, the last thing I think that that we've got to obviously consider as engineers is what's the safety to our end user? Um, From an ethical responsibility standpoint, um, that's always a consideration for any design that we do. When it comes to UVC technology, what are the safety considerations that an engineer needs to
1: take into account? Okay, so first and foremost, from a UVC light or UV light in general, there is no such thing as safe UV light, so it's not a safe light, period. However, there are safe UV LED systems, and it's about, uh, uh, it's about the maximum exposure uh, time. Now, what I also want to say in the same breath is, you know, UV light and UV light, it's not radioactive, right? It's, it's not, oh, I've been hit by light, I need to go to the hospital immediately. Um, there is a maximum, and if there is an overexposure, a, a burn, so, if you get uh, an overexposure in your eyes, within two days, you will heal. So, uh, a one-off incident is not the end of the world. It will sting, you won't like it, and you don't want to do it again, but there's no permanent damage for, you know, uh, rare instances of overexposure, and on your skin as well. And one of the reasons is that although it hurts, um, and, it's, uh, and it's not fun, um, the UVC light does not penetrate deeply in your skin. You know the most dangerous light uh, in the world is UVB light. Uh, uh, that penetrates the skin and that can cause cancer. So UVC light is again, it's it's not safe. But you can create UV-C safe systems. Now one of the elements is uh, UL as an example, because every product you uh, uh, that you that uh, uh, an engineer or a company uh, develops needs to go through the UL certification process. Well. From a consumer standpoint, UL will not certify any UVC product that uh, is, is where you can expose the light to skin. So when you saw uh, you know, all those UVC wands, those are not legal. So UL will not allow those, will not, will not do anything remotely uh, close to that. They will not approve those. Now right. for the example when I gave from a, the school standpoint, well, that's a commercial application. So there needs to be rules, there needs to be a process uh, in order, how do you make it safe? You know, all the components that are there, how is it, you know, all the redundancies in order to make it safe. But for consumers, it's, it's a no risk uh, element. So uh, from a consumer application, if the UV light is in the box, and then if you open the box, there's no way that the UV light will, uh, will turn on, then that can be approved. But uh, uh, something like a wand, um, UL will never uh, will, will never approve those.
0: Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, something definitely to keep in consideration. Um, it's, it's not the kind of light you want to have in the ceiling of your uh, your kindergarten classroom on all day long. That, that probably wouldn't be a good idea. So, for sure. Yeah. Great. Well, Patrick, this has been incredibly insightful. Thank you so much for giving us an idea of exactly you know how engineers can use UVC LEDs and, and where this technology is going. I think it's incredibly exciting how rapidly... The efficiency of these solid-state LEDs is growing, and, and you know I think that's only going to accelerate from here as this becomes a more and more important technology for us, um, and, and really exciting to to lean on your expertise and learn from it as always. Uh, I appreciate the time. Um, if, if anyone has any questions or, or any needs when it comes to UVC LEDs, we at Future Electronics would absolutely love to help you. Uh, the Future Lighting Solutions Group that Patrick heads up would, would love to, to get involved with you and, and, uh, and provide their expertise in the designs that you're working on, please reach out to us at shaping the future, one word: shaping the future. At futureelectronics.com, uh, and our engineers would love to speak with your engineers about how we can help with your designs. Patrick, again, thank you so much for your time today, and all the best.
1: All right, thanks, Todd.